if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have Miss Brinsky. Hi. <laughs> Since so many of you seem to be kinky little fucks, or at the very minimum, curious about becoming a kinky little fuck, this episode is a peek at the world of kink and what is available to all of you. Bryn and I will be going into our kink glossary sharing some of the most popular terms in the world of kink, what they mean, and of course, a few stories along the way. I hope that y'all enjoy this show. Let's talk about kinky shit. All right, Brinsky. This episode has been a long time coming. I have had so many episodes come out where along the, throughout the conversation with whoever I'm talking to, I oftentimes will pause in the middle of the interview, not necessarily in the middle of the interview, but we'll have it, we're having a conversation and someone will say, and then I got collared and then this person did this to me or then the Dom and then I was a brat. And they'll just say these kinds of words in their conversation and in their regular flow communicating with me. And I oftentimes will pause and say, for those of you listening, this is what this means. Mm -hmm. 
And I've been feeling it a long time coming. How about I do a show that's specifically on terms? It's brilliant. So that when people are like, I'm kind of confused about what the hell this means, I can refer back to this show. So smart. Right? Yes. I know. It's actually really smart. Yes. It is really. Thank you. You're so smart, lady. (laughs) Well, you know, you wrote the note. So... (laughs) Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work for sure. So I want to have a convo today going into our kink glossaries specifically. Now there's lots of kinky glossaries available or BDSM or DS glossaries available online. Of course, we have our own version of it where we've taken some of our favorite or most commonly used terms, put them together with a little glossary and it's available as a part of one of our incredible free offers that we'll talk about at the end of the show where you can download this glossary, the expanded version, because we're only going to go into a few terms here. You can download the expanded version. Um, There's also a really cool meditation that you can listen to that helps to get your kinky juices flowing. And then a really cool PDF journal that you can fill some things out in reflection. You can also bring the questions to a partner or a potential partner, et cetera. So ready to dig in? Let's do it. Okay. So the very first, now this is the ABCs of kink, but we're just going to go straight to B. (laughs) We're gonna, I was going to say, is there a letter A that I missed? Well, sure. anal. But everyone knows what that <laughs> one is. No, anal. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is a good thing to preface before going into it is that kinky and taboo, it's very uh, relative to the person mm-hmm. and unique. And there's so many nuances in between one situation versus another situation and what someone could uh, expect or anticipate a thing to be kinky. And then in a different context, it's not really all that kinky. So really when we're talking about these terms, there's so much more than this. And just know that I might say, you might say anal and someone's like, Everything yeah. and them kind of clamps down, including their butthole. And yes. they're like, no, that's so kinky. And you could say anal to someone who's been practicing and playing in that space and who really enjoys anal is like, that's not kinky. Mm-hmm. So it's just throw it. Yeah, it's all relative. So just throwing that out there. We could have gone to age player, but we're also going through some of the most commonly used yes. ones and age players, not necessarily one that is all that commonly mm-hmm. communicated anyway. It's commonly mm-hmm. used, not commonly communicated, I would say. We can do a part two. Also, maybe we're already setting ourselves up for more. Yes. Great. Okay. So the first one is BDSM, BDSM. So even though this is the ABCs of kink and we are going to be going in alphabetical order, these are four letters that are, they stand for something. They stand for bondage, dominance, discipline, submission, sadism, masochism. So it's four letters. They mean six different words. And it is oftentimes seen as the overarching umbrella that incorporates a lot of kinky fuckery underneath it. So what do the B and the D, the D and the S and the S and the M stand for a little bit more in depth? Sure. So we'll start with the B and the D. B standing for bondage. And that can look like restraints. Um, This is where we're thinking of things like handcuffs, rope tying, um, even like a scarf around the hands. So any sort of thing where you're tying somebody up, you're incapacitated, you cannot move certain parts of your body, right. Or your mouth. I mean, I've even seen people get energetically tied up too. Yeah. It's so cool, right? It was very cool. Yeah. There's so many, everything I think we'll share here. There's a spectrum mm-hmm. from, like you said, energetically tying someone up. And for someone like me, who is an energetic as an erotic blueprint, so hot, like just the energy and the 
appearance that somebody is wrapping me up, it makes my whole body light up. Right. So even for bondage, you think, okay, so they, you got your wrist cuffed or whatever with, with a, let's say a necktie. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's one point or even, even further is like being energetically tied. Like mm-hmm. I'm tying you with my energy. Yeah. And then there's like, maybe I'm going to tie your wrist together. And then there's mummification. Yeah. <laughs> Where your entire body is wrapped up <laughs> and you look like a mummy and yeah. that makes my butthole pucker. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause yeah. so there's bondage, but that also includes ropes, Yes, which, um, you'll notice as we continue to go on this journey through the ABCs of kink, a lot of this doesn't necessarily mean sex specifically. Mm-mm. And sometimes it's simply erotic energy and sex itself is not a component. And so when I say shibari or bedroom tying, so bedroom tying would be simple rope ties that people use. And maybe you want to cuff somebody or tie them to a bedpost or something like that. And then shibari is a very meticulous studied art form. It's beautiful. That may or may not include any kind of sexual exchange. And if you've ever tried to tie someone up and you're anything like me, I'm clunky as fuck with right? a rope in my hand. Right? Loop, uh, swoop, oh. and pull. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that. Um, and big daddy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think of, you know, what it takes to be able to tie somebody in an artful way. So like I said, layers to all of this. Exactly. So that's the letter B, y'all. Mm. And then we got D. I like, I like D. Yeah. I like the D. We both like the D. This particular D I really like. You want to talk about it? Sure. So I'll give you an example. I, in my life, have been notorious for being late. You? No. What? Shut up. <laughs> like five to 10 minutes late when I meet new people, I just... In the past, it has been a part of my description of who I am and so how you can love me and how... I want people not to think that I don't love them. So I'd say, by the way, when you invite me to something, it's really awesome when I'm on time, but otherwise 10 to 15, you know, or five to 10 minutes late is typical. And so just, just if I make it early, if I make it on time, I'm early. Give me a cookie. Yeah, absolutely. And so Jordan does not like this. Mm. Um, And some of my friends too, they, they pick on me and it's very playful and everything. And so I would say over the last couple of years, I have really been working on not wanting to be late, like really trying to adjust this character flaw. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want anybody to take it personally. And so I'm like, wow, I really wanted this. My life would be better. People would treat me in a different way if I got this thing done. So it really has been, I've really been able to work on it over the past, I would say, year when Jordan started saying that I would get punished if I was late. This is where the discipline comes this in. This is where discipline comes in. So he'll ask me before we have to leave to go somewhere. Okay, what time do you, will you be done? What time will you be ready? And ready is either like exiting the building to go to the car or already sitting in the car waiting. Mm-hmm. And I will say, okay, I'll be ready. 6.45. And he'll go 6.45. And I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, what? So every minute after 6.45, something's going to happen, <laughs> right? For every minute you go past 6.45, you'll get a spanking. Mm-hmm. You'll have to do this thing whenever you get there. Uh, like there's there's different levels to what the discipline can look like, but more often than not, it's you're going to get a spanking. And so there's a pride in me that is attached to maybe what we're going to go into after the BDSM category in general, which is brat. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that's just like, I don't want to lose and I don't want you to like put me in my place like that. You yeah. know, it's just very sassy. Yeah. And so um, 
even though I like getting spanked, I don't want to get spanked for that reason. It's a punishment. It's a punishment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's where discipline has played a role in our not even necessarily sex life. And it's very playful and it's very light totally. and we both consent to it. So yes. it's not like he's like, come here, you get your punishment, you know, like he's my father or something. No, no. Even though I Which do you could be into that call too. him dad. Yeah. <laughs> Just totally fine. Yeah. yeah. So that's an example of discipline. Yeah. Other examples of discipline can simply be, you know, let's say you're working with someone and they say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put you in this predicament of sorts and I don't want you to fucking move. Mm-hmm. And if you move, something's going to happen. There's mm-hmm. discipline and that sparks adrenaline and excitement. I remember learning at a workshop when they were talking about discipline and saying that pick a punishment where everyone wins. And I loved that. Right. So it's like, if the, um, the punishment happens and, um, like you said, you move, you still are going to get something that you might want anyway. So it's a win-win or it's like you do this thing and you're the next time we have sex, I'm going to get you all the way up to orgasm and not let you come. Mm. Which I love, right? (laughs) And hate at the same time. (laughs) Exactly. So there's discipline. Mm -hmm. I have found so much benefit in the rest of my life based off of erotic discipline. Mm, I love that. And I love that you're eroticizing something that has typically been a challenge in your life, right? It's like you could beat yourself the fuck up over being late or your fiance spanks you every time you're late. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's going to be really funny because- you're going to be late and now everyone's going to go, we know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> so now we all get to be in on your fun little secret. Yeah. yeah. Great. Which great. makes my cheeks blush a little yeah. bit because it's on the edge of humiliation, mm-hmm. which is also very erotic at times. Totally. So all great. What's well, next? So now we're into DS, which stands for dominance and submission. And I imagine we could have an entire series of podcasts on these two words alone. So we'll try to do these two things justice, but no, this goes very, very deep. And both Alex and I have taken multiple workshops and studied on just the energy of these two words. So um, dominance and submission, which is just playing with the power exchange. So we have somebody in a dominant position and somebody in the submissive position. Sometimes you can exchange these words with things like top and bottom or leader and follower. Um, but in this case we'll stand with dominance and submission. Yes. And I think I'm pretty sure later down the line or later in the podcast, we have Dom and sub broken out Mm -hmm. so we can talk a little bit more there. So we'll just leave that at that for now Mm -hmm. and then go into the S and the M, Mm -hmm. which is like that really famous Rihanna songs. S S S M. Oh yeah. M M M. Right? Oh man. Yeah. I okay. Just... Well, clearly I'm a podcaster and not a singer. <laughs> Do as it I, again. As I talk, the, <laughs> I talk the song. It was great. <laughs> I think I just finally had that click in this moment of like, oh yeah, serious? she does have a song all about this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but chains and whips excite me. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Rihanna. Oh, my ears just got goosebumps. You my girlfriend. Right? Yeah. Okay. So S and M, sadism and masochism or mm. sadomasochism. Mm-hmm. Those two words are actually named after people. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, and of course I would say that, and you're curious, nope. and I can't remember their full names, but I'm pretty sure they are both or one of them is French. Um, Bob sadist. (laughs) (laughs) 
and Frank Masochist. <laughs> no, it's not right. Um, but but they were people who were involved, like their life. So let's just say. Um, sadism and masochism. Sadism is I like to inflict pain and masochist is I like to receive the pain. And so uh, as the next time you go to speak, I will look up what their names are. <laughs> yes. Um, but the person who sadism is uh, named after is, is someone in history that has these stories written about them that really took sexual gratification from delivering pain. Mm. And then the masochist was also someone who was partnered with I believe um, a male partnered with a woman, the female, and he took sexual gratification of getting the pain, the humiliation and all that Mm. towards him. And these were, I'm not sure if they were at two separate different timelines or centuries or generations, but they were, when I think of these two words, I think of people like in Victorian era, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. something, something like that. Yes. So I'm going to have to confirm this shit because yes. I'm talking about it. I opened the <laughs> can of worms and now I'm uncomfortable. Uh, um, I'm supposed to know this stuff. Uh, you're no, doing great. no. So, but what I, what I just wanted to share here is that for, a, for a lot of people, especially in BDSM working community, when they hear sadism and masochism, they're talking specifically though, what those words mean can potentially be looked at as the unhealthy version Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So someone who liked that in a very somewhat traumatic kind of way. And it wasn't like, you know, I got spanked at a play party the other day and that impact play was technically the person, Mm. you know, could be looked at as the sadist and I could be looked at as the masochist, but it was just, it was impact play and it was all consensual and it was done for emotional release. And I giggled and we had so much fun and it was play. So it wasn't, it wasn't to this degree, mm-hmm. I should say to like, I wasn't on the it's other side of that. I was better. Yeah. I wasn't, um, yeah, I wasn't inflicting any kind of like real true emotional or physical pain on myself. Well, and I think you touched on a really key point that is at the foundation of all of this is this is always, always consensual. So anytime you are inflicting pain, anytime somebody is receiving satisfaction from this pain, it's asked for, it's desired. It is something that they have negotiated ahead of time. So anytime the line of consent is crossed, it is no longer what we are discussing here. Um, And I remember at my first BDSM workshop, we had a whole series on pain and pleasure. And the specific experience I'm recalling was we were taking our thumbs. We had a partner. I was in the dominant role. There was a submissive in front of me and I had to take my finger consensually, stick it into the crease. You know, where if you have TMJ like me or some of those uh, teeth grinders, this tension point where your jaw connects, it's like really, really delicate and it feels really painful really quickly if you take your thumb and start massaging it. So we were to take our thumbs and to... um, massage this building in intensity and take them for a ride building from a one on the pain scale. Like that doesn't really do anything for me all the way up to a 10 being like, I am at my absolute edge and I'm about to be very uncomfortable from this pain. And they were calling out numbers. And at, after the experience was over, um, they were on the other side of that, a lot of people that were into this kind of play were very, um, open, expanded, tingly. They felt this like flood of chemicals from having the pain inflicted and then having them, um, be cared for after. So that really opened my eyes. And I, I 
absolutely loved that experience. I felt so powerful and pleasurable being able to inflict this. And I remember the dom that was holding the container looked at me and said, it's always the little ones that like inflicting pain. I'm like, hmm, yeah, <laughs> I also like receiving it too. So yeah, yeah. So, so fun. And then, oh, I forgot it was pain and pleasure. So it was the thumb into the jaw and then twisting of the nipples at the same time. And it makes me all warm just talking about it. Yeah. And then to see someone actually use that in a scene, usually what's going to happen is then there's going to be, you know, the push of the thumb in that spot Mm -hmm. that can go zero to a hundred real quick. And then there's pinching of the nipple in the other hand. And then once you know, the numbers are being called out and then maybe like an eight or a nine gets called, then you back off and then re- replace it with you do. You're doing such a good job being such a good, being girl. Such a good girl or mm. you're being such a good boy, whatever, whatever is your preferred language. And then maybe that's replaced with a head pet mm. or, um, taking that person. If you're standing above them, like, you know, placing their head on the lower belly and like petting their head and mm. kind of soothing them after because it's such a rush of sensation mm-hmm. and that sensation electrifying. That's the shit that makes you feel alive. fucking alive. 100%. Yes. Full range of human experience. So if people who are like, my life is so boring and dull, mm. get spanked. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Get a thumb in that little weird jaw place. Yes. Get your nipple twisted, put mm-hmm. nipple clamps on and leave them there for 30 minutes and then rip them See off. what happens. Yeah. It's always in the ripping it off. They don't tell you about, but anyway, no. yeah, it's like, that's the shit that makes your, your body feel electric and alive. And for someone who has had chronic health issues the past year and a half, I talked about this at our last play party was, um, the use of intentional pain where I am in a controlled setting, I'm being cared for, and I am intentionally choosing to put my body in a painful state versus where the past year it had felt very out of control, where I never knew when I would go into a flare, it was healing. I mean, incredibly healing. And so yes, sex is at the forefront of this, but underneath all of this work is some really powerful transformation and healing for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I know that inquiry minds are dying to know. Uh, sadism is named after Marquis de Sade and he was French. So it's not Bob. No, it was not Bob <laughs> Sadist. No, it was not a French nobleman. <laughs> yes. And then masochism. He's Austrian. So, uh, Kinky little fuss. Some words, some yeah. words. Leopold von Sacher Massach. Mm. I don't know. Y'all can tell me if I did that right. I am as she's singing American she's speaking as- different, different languages. <laughs> she's a oh woman of many goodness. talents. Yes, but both were writers. And both, um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to go too much further in that, but, but they both wrote about their experiences mm. from getting sexual gratification in one direction and then the other one getting it in the other direction. And so I am intrigued. So there you have it, right? A little bit of the history as well. So do we feel pretty complete with the acronym of BDS and M? I think M, so. M, M. Mm. All right. What's next? We got the brats. We're only on letter B. We may end up having to do like eight podcasts for this, but. Let's see if we can go a little faster because really the BDSM part is everything's underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. So brat is oftentimes described as a sub, which we just kind of touched on a little bit with the dom and the sub. Disobedient. This is a disobedient one. Mm -hmm. So basically us, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you're going to get punished if this thing happens. And I'm like, prove it. Yeah. (laughs) prove make me work yes exactly or i'm gonna make you work for it exactly or like jordan will say come here and 
will be in that kind of energy and I'll decide that I need to adjust my ponytail. (laughs) 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 And he'll go get here now. And I'm like, I'm putting my ponytail holder in and then I'll be there. Mm -hmm. That's a brat right there. And there's something inside of me that the second I'm told what to do, it also, it depends on the energy of how it's delivered. Cause sometimes when I am in a submissive role and somebody delivers something that like I can tell there's a little bit of wavering, it brings out the brat in me. Like I almost feel more inclined to be like, I'm not doing shit that you said. Right. And then it calls them forward even more. Yes. And I'll just go ahead and say that when it comes to being bratty, it does have its limits. Yeah. Because then a a too bratty of a sub sometimes can lead to both parties getting frustrated and Mm -hmm. then the scene or the experience not getting to move forward because it goes from bratty and playful to criticism. And you're not actually surrendering. And you're not actually a sub. Yeah. 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 I remember dumb. Ohm talking about this. He won't even play with brats. Just him. And so not every dominant is going to enjoy that experience. And some really like to be brat tamers. Yes, I got to coax. I need to coax you into this mm-hmm. submission that you know you want. It's mind fuckery. Exactly. Yeah. Great. So there's layers. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I like here in our definition, it says brat oftentimes need to be taught lessons more than once. Like, oh, that sounds like my life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. There's a couple lessons that I enjoy inflicting the pain on myself. So there I am being a masochist and a brat all in one. A glutton for punishment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So the next one is Dom. Now, this is a person who, like we mentioned before, likes to be in charge, control, lead, et cetera. They may enjoy this in a sexual context or in their everyday kind of life. We've had people on this show who live a 24-7 DS, Dom, Sub, relationship that includes their sex life, but is their day-to-day life as well. And it's what works for them. Mm -hmm. They're not saying that that, and we're not saying that that's going to, that that's the best case for all people. But that does work for some people. And I think that there's some people that are trying to live in a way that really doesn't feel in alignment with who they are based off of what society is saying Mm -hmm. that their relationship needs to look like, and especially needs to look like in order to be successful in this 2021 day and age. Um, And that's just really not the case. And some people don't even know that this kind of way of living is available. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be as light as we're going to do a little Dom sub experience on our way to a party, or it could be, we live this way 24 seven, yeah. or we only embody this whenever we're going into a potential sex scene. Spectrum. Always. Yes. There's yeah. always choice. Um, and what I personally have really enjoyed stepping into this role, because I've been ever since we started working together, I've had the opportunity to learn and embody this energy because that's what it is. It's an energy. You can call yourself a dom, but what is the energy behind the things that you're doing? It's really not about the toys. It's not about even the surroundings. It's about the energy that you're bringing into the situation. And what has been really fun for me is a I would say uh, a woman, a sexually expressed woman is learning what scenarios do I actually enjoy being dominant in and giving myself permission to go into those. And what it has brought out in me is creativity and a deeper mm, connection to my intuition. Mm. So when I'm in the dominant role, it feels like I have a 
a canvas in front of me. This person is my canvas. The room is my canvas. And now I have a paintbrush in my hand and I get to figure out how I want to paint in a way that is gratifying to the person in front of me and for me too. And it feels playful. Sometimes it feels edgy as fuck and expansive. And what it requires of me that I enjoy as a challenge is how in tune can I be with the body in front of me? Mm-hmm. Because yes, there's my gratification here too, but I want to take this person for a really pleasurable ride. And that requires me being incredibly present. And it feels like a fucking sexy ass challenge. Um, so good. Yeah. That was a great description. Thank you. A really great description. I especially like the this person and this whole experience is the canvas Mm -hmm. and it's like their reaction and their Mm. emotions are your color palette Yes, or the paint that you use. So you're only really doing things that you know are going to lead them on the next part of the journey that they have consented to go on that you're, you have them in mind. Yes. Yes. You're getting gratification in some way. Um, but it is, with them, through them, alongside them. Um, Sometimes I work with clients and you know this. Sometimes I work with clients and I start speaking about Dom Sub and I use that language so often and they're they're just not quite ready to use that language Mm -hmm. where it's like, that doesn't really resonate with me. It sounds like someone is trying to control another person's life. Mm -hmm. It's someone who's trying to control everything and take, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I'll change those words to someone is leading the experience and someone is allowing, um, is allowing that person to lead them or someone is leading the experience and they are following. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I work with people that they really want to expand on their sex life, but some of this stuff is a little too charged or a little too too edgy for them. Mm -hmm. Then I go, great. So let's choose the language that resonates most with you so that we can actually expand Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, their sex life and where they want to go with it. So and power exchange is everywhere. This is oh, yeah. outside of the bedroom as well. Somebody was just talking about this the other day that when you start to learn about these dynamics, you see where they are everywhere, everywhere. in your life from your negotiations at work to the way that you're speaking to your family, to the way that you're now having a sexual interaction. So it's a really uh, empowering and um, beautiful lesson that can take you in so many different directions, not just in sex. Yeah. And I don't think now that we've covered so much in the beginning about Dom sub, I don't, I don't even think that when we get to the sub, I don't Not know much. if we really need to yeah. go into it all that much. So I might as well just touch on it here that the sub part of that is the person who is fully allowing is fully surrendering. And I'll just mention that it doesn't mean passive. It doesn't no. mean that they're just laying there like a dead fish, mm-hmm. you know, or like a starfish. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's gotta be sea creatures. <laughs> They're just like flopping around. No, the next thing I was going to say is roadkill. And that is very, it's not sexy, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that they're passive and that they're not actually participating because someone who's giving enthusiastic consent Mm. is so sexy. Enthusiastic, enthusiastic consent. That's so yummy. Yeah, absolutely. And just like the, the dominant role has really taught me about creativity and intuition. The submissive role has taught me about embodiment, right? How deeply can I be in my pleasure? How deeply can I go into this experience, fully surrender, fully trust and fully allow my body to receive the maximum capacity for pleasure. And yeah, it sounds great speaking it, but it can be a challenge, can be a real challenge to fully let go. And it takes both parties really stepping into the energetics and allowing um, and trusting for this to unfold. And so that's why there, like I've said so many times throughout this podcast, there's layers. And each time I go into this work or scene, 
um, I find myself able to go a little deeper each time. Yeah. Like it's really important for the sub to be very, very in touch with their yes and their no and what is pleasurable for them because it isn't good for anyone, for someone. And we heard this over this past weekend, we were a part of an event, but the enduring, when someone's mm. just enduring because they think that the other person wants it, then everyone's losing in the, at that time. When I say that a sub can be an active participant, that's giving language, like giving voice to when things are not quite right Mm -hmm. and using safe words. Maybe it's the color system, green, yellow, red. And so that's all a part of the unfolding as well. It doesn't mean that you just sit there and take whatever is being Mm -hmm. given. You do participate. Performance. And then also for the Dom, sometimes there can be this like performance anxiety of, I don't know what to do to that person. Sure. You have to be really present. And if you are not sure, maybe there's a couple options lay out what the options are. Mm-hmm. Let this, let the person that you are taking on that journey participate and say, I'd like this one. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can tease the fuck out of them and mm-hmm. go, cool, I'll give you a quick taste of the other option and then I'll take uh-huh. you there. You know, so there's uh. just so much, we call it play for a reason yeah. because this is an opportunity for us as adults to embody almost that childlike innocence of mm-hmm. I'm going to use my imagination and play mm-hmm. with you, this person that I care about, whether or not I've just met you yeah, or I've been with you for 20 years. Yeah. I was going to say 15 years, mm-hmm. kids, no kids, whatever. Yes. I love that so much. I think the dominatrix said the language was, if you are enduring and pretending, I can no longer trust you. The trust has been broken because yeah. I'm reading you based off of something that it isn't true anymore. And that was a big, um, like light bulb moment for me of, oof. I've certainly been a performer in my life and I've certainly had moments of doing this for the other person and being in this world has really helped me to rewrite that story. So, um, yeah, there's so much available here. Mm. So something that's a little bit different to the whole BDSM umbrella that we've been floating around Mm -hmm. is exhibitionist. Yummy. The next word on our little journey here is Mm -hmm. exhibitionist. Which is a person who enjoys being sexually and consensually on display. On display. Mm. They may enjoy having sex in public places or get a thrill by potentially getting caught. Yes. Now, the big word there was consensually. So yes. the getting caught piece is consensual. Yes, not so by the police. Not like, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, a lot of these have shadow aspects mm. to them and people can push too far, but that's like with anything. So I just want to throw that out there too. Yeah. That is with any area of life, mm-hmm. just because this one happens to have the erotic edge to it, like doesn't make it necessarily special. So no. to speak, you can go to jail though. Yeah. So, but you can go to jail for so many things, a lot of things. So especially a lot of things on this list. And right. I remember from this past weekend, having a fantasy about being, it was a queen And I had two slaves at my feet that were giving me lots of pleasure. And part of the fantasy, if I took it up a notch, was my king was going to walk by and see all of it happening. And so there's a bit of exhibitionist in that, right? Like, ooh, when I took my fantasy up a notch, it was being seen in my pleasure. So like consensual could be, let's say you're at, we're using the play party reference a lot. I understand that that's not super common for a lot of people, but it is easy to paint pictures. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're Mm role-playing and you have the two slaves by your feet, but before you even have the two slaves by your feet, before you even get to the play party, Uh you speak to the King husband (laughs) and you say, at some point I'm going to fuck this shit up. Uh I'm going to do this thing. 
you know, like this is available and like, this is something that is available Mm -hmm. for me to do. Mm -hmm. And there's an agreement that you could be playing with other people, whether that involves penetrative sex or it just involves playing erotically. Mm -hmm. And you have this agreement. They are okay with you doing this thing. And then you go set up a whole scene. You part ways with the person Mm -hmm. in the party and you set up this whole thing and then they pass and they see you and you're, and they're like, you kinky little fuck, slutty little kitten. So, so good. Right. So that's how you would do it in a very consensually playful way. And I'm sure that there's so many people that have their imaginations reeling from that, that could see it unfolding in a different way. You know, you could be, uh, let's say masturbating in your home and, Mm -hmm. and your partner is there and they could walk in at any time and you fucking hope so. Mm -hmm. Cause that would be like a delicious, delightful surprise. Yes. You know, and that's something that you've agreed upon. Like if you walk into the room at this time, like, and the door is closed, Mm -hmm. any point in time you walk in this room and this door is closed, I could be rubbing lotion on, I could be getting dressed. I could be putting makeup on, or I could be masturbating. I had a friend who was in a polyamorous relationship and it was in the thick of COVID and they used to partake in Zoom sex with another couple. And she was a major exhibitionist. She loved being watched and also watching the other couple, which we'll talk about what that entails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then there's also just straight up people who like to be on display and they partner with the other side of that, which is people who like to watch. Mm-hmm. So All right, let's move on to rigor. And at the same time, rope bunny, rope bunny, (laughs) riggers like to tie. We spoke about bondage. Riggers like to tie rope bunnies like to be tied like little bunnies. Um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Y'all stay with me. Don't turn it off. Um, so yeah, the, again, these, a lot of these definitions, they're in couples. There's a person who likes the thing done to them and a person who likes to do the thing to them. Right. And which so- is usually in reference to either the top or the bottom mm-hmm. or the dom or the sub, which are not mutually exclusive, but a lot of times mean kind of sort of the same things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's like we talked about earlier, there's layers to being tied. It can be something as simple as just wrist restraints all the way to having your full body tied up and, and be- suspended in the air and spun around and things thrown at you. <laughs> oh, rose petals. Oh, I was thinking See? tomatoes, which I I'm mean, allergic to. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. anything else there? I, I don't really think so. Riggers, yeah. riggers are really intrigued by put, putting someone in a predicament in an incapacitated place or state. Mm-hmm. And um, I really love the communication that is required between a rigger and a rope bunny because there's a lot that can potentially go sideways. Yeah. So always make sure you have your safety shears, which are not regular scissors. And I always like hear these kinds of things, right? And you never leave your bunny or your bottom or your, your a lot of times called rope bunny or rope bottom. You never leave them unattended. Not yeah. really. Right. They may think you've left. Maybe you tie somebody up and you blindfold them mm-hmm. and make them think that you left make the them think that you left, but you don't leave mm-hmm. the person can go claustrophobic real quick. Yeah. What was the tape that they oh, were bondage teaching? tape bondage tape? That was really cool. It's like glorified saran wrap. Yeah. Where like it doesn't stick to the skin. It just sticks to the tape itself. Right. Which was cool because I was yes. watching them put it on hair and the mouth and your wrists and it looked relatively easy to use and to come off. Yeah. yeah versus like 
tying ropes can get a little clunky. If again, if you're like me and you just don't know what you're doing yet. Right. Um, especially if there's a long rope and sometimes you just want to tie the person up. Right. You don't want all the bells and whistles. I also really love, uh, things like corsets. Mm. That is an, like an OG bondage Ooh. attire. I didn't even think about just that. lights because there's the string in the back and you hike it really, really your tight. Boobs look good. Makes your boobs look good. And it also constricts your breathing and your, you know, your capacity. And and so, and what happens when, as soon as you undo it, <sighs> there's that release after. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, certain types of bondage gear and wear and like BDSM wear which is super cool. There's like really interesting shoes that some people wear that are like really kind of tight. Mm. I'm like making this weird gesture with my hands. Um, But also I really love when people like to wear rope. Mm -hmm. So to go to an event and you have someone that has a chest harness over their clothes or they're wearing it like an, like a, like you would wear a bracelet or a Mm -hmm. necklace, they're wearing rope. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool too. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So rope bunny and rigor. We've talked about sadist. We've talked about sub. Let's scratch on switch. Yeah. Switch. Yeah. Sounds similar to what it actually is. It is where you can switch between being a dominant and a submissive. They enjoy the energy of both. They want the opportunity to have both. And, um, I would consider myself mostly a submissive, but when I am with women and we've talked about this, I like being dominant. And so that would put me in the category of a switch, like being able to be submissive with some partners, be dominant with other partners. Um, yeah. And just being able to play in all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for people who are really more interested in the dom role, the way that you can be the best dominant is to understand what it's like to be a submissive. Mm. So it's really through the doing. If you were to put yourself into a situation where you could really fully feel what you're trying to achieve with your submissive, it gives you more understanding of what to look for in your submissive. And so the best, in my opinion, the best doms understand how to sub and have been a sub before. And for somebody listening that is like, no, I'm just a dom through and through. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to play. I don't want to play with you. Cool. I don't want to play with you. Then it's an ego trip. Great. Yeah. I mean, potentially, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe there's just like some shit that has happened in their life that that's, that's not safe for mm-hmm. them, which I understand too. Absolutely. And I don't want to play with you. Yep. And yeah, that's powerful. It's powerful to think about any sort of embodied experience is going to give you a better understanding of what's possible. Yes. Um, and like you said, being able to step into that role better. And I certainly have experienced that of, because I like to be submissive most of the time, the few times I have been in the dominant role, it's given me a lot of compassion for how much it takes to hold that container. Um, because as gooey and like messy and, um, subspace, as subspace can be and how like delicious I feel afterwards, understanding how sometimes there's a drop involved for the submissive. Had I not been in a dominant role, I would have never understood how that affects my nervous system in that position too. And there can be a drop for a dom as well, because you're holding so much, you're nurturing this person, you're taking care of so much. Um, and having had the opportunity to do both really gave me compassion for that. So these things are not on the list, but you said them. So I'm going to go there real quick. Subspace Mm. is often what referred to when a submissive is really embodied and in their experience, it's a meditative space for a lot of people. All of this that we've talked about today is an access point to flow, Mm. is an access point to even the feeling 
um, connectedness of I am, we are all that is oneness. Mm. So, you know, some people sit and meditate for however long they meditate for, they'll find access to this and little blips of this, maybe in a yoga session or psychedelics. Through psychedelics or through sports, through group sports or something like that. So just throwing it out there that this is just another way to be able to access flow in certain wave brainwave states that is just different. Alter your state of consciousness. It's, your, it's an altered state of consciousness. And there is something as a dom space where they're so hyper aware and attuned to what's going on. And then there's subspace, which is I'm so not necessarily lost. I'm surrendered to what is the, the full range of the sensations that are being um, delivered. And so they can look like they're floating off into space. Yeah. Subspace. It feels like that. And it's, it's a place where I really believe you're so malleable because there has been a rewiring in that space. Like I felt um, very similar to after my first mushroom journey where I was so malleable and open that that's where new learnings could actually land. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you also said dom drop and sub drop. Mm -hmm. And so just to share after going to that really ooey gooey, juicy, connective, holy fuck my life, like everything is everything. And it's just all the feels, right? Mm -hmm. There's like a potential for you to leave that experience and feel so good. And then the next day be hit with a little bit of sadness. I'm not in the bubble anymore. Not in the bubble anymore. Or, or potentially maybe I'm never going to have that again. Mm -hmm. Or what if I never access that again? And so we, those things have a term sub drop and dom drop because the dom can feel the disconnection of the sub and like they almost don't have purpose Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so these are very real experiences. If you've ever been on a really amazing vacation and then you come home and it's like, oh, I fucking hate everything. Uh So it's just, it's real, right? Mm -hmm. It has unique language for this um, scene in this community, so to speak, but I'm sure that all of you listening can see where these terms and things you've experienced them in other parts of your life. After I got married, uh, the day after, don't say it. I remember crying being like, it's all over. Like all the people that I love, everybody came to visit me and it was like the most magical, beautiful moment. And nobody talked about the day after nobody talked about how you feel after a huge monumentous event like this happens. So you're just married the end. Yes. I remember my husband, my then husband saying to me, we have the rest of our lives. It's okay. Like, don't worry. And I'm like, but everything's sad and it's all ending. So similar experience now with Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, those are my extra credits. Thank you for everybody. Yep. Um, the very last one that's on our little list here is the voyeur. They are somebody who likes to consensually keyword consensually watch others engage in sexual acts. Yeah. So we recently hosted a weekend of kinky workshops that ended the big climax of the weekend uh, was a play party, which is a separate episode that you can listen. Look for Kimmy Inch, aka Mistress Nina Payne, mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about this particular event that I'm referencing. And at one stage, and I told um, Mistress, I told her before we went into the play party time frame during our our weekend together. I said, by the way, I am available to have you and Jordan 
do something to me publicly. Mm. I gave that consent ahead of time where I said, you know, if, if people are not really quite sure what to do and we want to put something on display, give them something to engage with, I'm available to that. I didn't know what it would be and I didn't know what it would look like, but I gave that permission ahead of time. And, um, I told Jordan as the play party kind of started, I was like, I want to be on that bench. The bench I'm referring to is the spanking bench. It was a great bench. It's a great bench. <laughs> um, and we are currently but, looking for our own yes. <laughs> spanking bench. <laughs> Who knew, right? That's something that we didn't touch on today is impact play. Mm. I mean, we did talk about the sadism, sadism and masochism, but impact play is the specific term for the play of receiving the pain and the pleasure, just impact. Um, so I laid on this bench and, uh, I got spanked and then I got flogged. And then I really wanted someone who's really skilled at flogging to teach Jordan some new techniques and how to hold the flogger and all of that, because we've played some, but if there's ever an opportunity where I can get more guidance yeah. or more instruction, especially on either side, you know, me as the, re- on the receiving end or, you know, because my, the instruction for me on the receiving end is to speak when I don't like something because otherwise I'm holding onto it and I'm just re I'm, I am, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm enduring. And I'm just confirming this, this, this story in my mind that the person I'm playing with is never going to be good enough. Right. And that's not fucking true. No. So I have to speak up and I have to speak up in a way that the person is feeling my love and my desire for connection instead of criticism. Right. Shut them down. Yes, exactly. So he got to flog me and he got some tips and I mm. loved that he stayed in the like dominant, I'm doing the thing role. And then eventually um, I was getting spanked towards the end and just like little spanks here. And like a couple people started kind of coming into the mm-hmm. room and then Kimmy um, came up mistress and she says, Alexa, this is Kimmy. And I'm like, hi, <laughs> you know, Whole on body the is bench like, oh my God. face is in the cradle. Yes. And I actually had somebody's hands in my hair Ooh. and I had somebody's, um, I had two people towards my head. Somebody had their hands kind of just roll, you know, flowing through my mm. hair. And then somebody was, was taking their nails and the tips of their fingers and just going down my arms. Mm. So there was just so much sensation Take and I back. couldn't see. So good. Right. And I couldn't see and very vulnerable because my butt was exposed. Oh, I remember. <laughs> so you were one of the people uh-huh. that piled in the room because yes. I couldn't see. Yep. So then she said, if it's all right with you, I'd like to show Jordan some things, some mm. techniques. Mm. And so basically she took my right butt cheek. I think he took my left butt cheek, I mm. think, or they could have been the other way around. Sure. And she instructed him and showed him different techniques and different things to do for me. And they both were telling me you're doing so good. And so there was so many things that we talked about throughout this, you know, this podcast that were at play in In this one one scene. scene. So as this was going on, people just started pouring into the room and they were watching. Mm -hmm. So I was the exhibitionist, Mm -hmm. so to speak, but so were Jordan and Kimmy. Essentially, They were also playing. And then everybody else was in the voyeur Mm -hmm. position where they were watching, Mm -hmm. where they, I gave permission for people to watch. I gave permission for people to be turned on in my presence. Mm. What I didn't give permission was for them to penetrate me with their sexual energy in a way that didn't feel good, which we set a whole container around this before we went into it. Mm -hmm. And that is totally a topic for a different podcast episode because there, that's also something that's somewhat hard to communicate, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be objectified to an extent, but I didn't want to be 
harassed with people's sexual energy. And I knew everyone in the room very well. Mm -hmm. And so it was so fun Mm. and beautiful Mm -hmm. and such a great experience. And I came off that bench, like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) I feel great. Yes. And, and I felt everyone's like celebratory energy around me. They were like, that was so beautiful to watch. I remember at one point they were just like beating on my butt, like a bongo drum <laughs> with different levels of sensation and pain and sound and everything. And I was like, blah, and I just couldn't great. stop giggling. And it was just so fun. And mm-hmm. then I like got off the bench and I was like, the fuck is my life? Like my life is so delicious mm-hmm. and so juicy and so sensational at mm-hmm. times. And that's because I fucking chose it. Yes. I chose it to be preach. Yeah. You too. Fuck. Yeah, I did. I yeah. wanted more. Absolutely. And I think people who are listening to this podcast, y'all want more too. A hundred percent. You want more of the human experience and you want to do it in a way that feels fucking good. You want to feel alive. Yeah, absolutely. But not in a way that's going to fuck up everybody's world around you. Mm-mm you know, break families apart, mm-hmm. do something to someone because it's out of spite or out of jealousy or whatever. We're not talking about any of that shit. Mm-mm. We're talking about being real adults that want to experience the full breadth and range of life. They want to follow their pleasure. Yeah. Because what is life if we're not all living in our pleasure and finding and building relationships that allow and encourage you to follow that? Yeah. That's what we're about. Absolutely. And the level of communication and embodiment and uh, personal self-awareness and work that is required to have all of this go down in a way that feels good to all parties involved. Like it's next level personal development shit. Nobody really talks about that that much that going into this space has just taught me so much about how to be in relationship to other people and how to be in relationship to myself, Mm -hmm. to have grace, to relinquish shame, to relinquish guilt and, and has inspired me. And I'm sure you too, to be the curious little girl I still am inside. hundred percent. I was just thinking about, as you were describing your experience of the woman you had to be to have that experience, the level of um, communication that was required, the level of embodiment that was required, the level of bravery that was required, the level of communication between you and your partner to be able to share that so that other people could be in witness to your pleasure. There's so, we could unpack that one scene for an hour and it just really speaks to the level of development that you have cultivated within yourself and within your relationship. Um, yeah, it's really yeah. special. Thank you. And I know that you feel the same about yourself because we won't talk about it on this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. You'll have to listen to the episode with mistress Nina Payne teaser, right? You'll have to go back to that one. Um, but you, that resonates for you as well because you had your own experience too. Like look at the woman that I had to become in order to have all of this feel so fucking good. Mm. And for me to leave with my arms, like literally and, you know, emotionally and whatever, just wrapped around myself going, I fucking love you. Look at you. Look, look at, at you, you go. go. Look <laughs> at you go. Be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So grateful. Well, I hope that for all of our listeners, you were able to get some level of education and have a deeper understanding what some of these, even just terms mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And not everyone who comes on the show necessarily has these specific definitions to the words that they are using, but I'm sure it's some variation. And maybe you're going to listen. And like I said, how I am with clients, you're going to listen to a word and you're going to go, I like what that means, but I don't like the word. So here is my invitation to you to call it what resonates with you so that you don't turn away from it fully. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll, I'll 
leave you with is sometimes the things we have the most resistance to are the things we actually desire the most. Mm. And I'll use that in my experience, the things that I've had resistance to, I actually really deeply desired them when I took a closer look. So if you got pinged, if there's some resistance, I invite you to just look under the hood, see what's there. (laughs) Yeah. Was that a clitoris reference? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all right fam well i hope that y'all enjoyed this episode of that sex chick we will see you on the next one goodbye goodbye before we let you go though we want to let you know where you can get this glossary that we spoke about at the beginning of the show you can find it in the show notes we will link it for you you will get access to a full kinky glossary that explains all of the rest of the words that we didn't go into on this particular episode of That Sex Chick. You'll also have access to a kinky meditation that builds from a one all the way up to a 10. You can listen to it on your own with a partner um, and basically just listen with an open mind and see what comes up for you. And then whenever you finish with the kinky meditation, uh, there's a PDF journal for you to ask yourself some questions. You can fill it out. You can sit with it. And then there you have it a new fantasy, something to toy with, something to play with, something to jerk off to, something to that effect. Um, Also would be cool if you listen to the kinky meditation, maybe leading up to a sexual experience, because we know that maybe in your mind, the fantasy leads you to do these really crazy extravagant things. And maybe your physical body right here and now isn't ready to do those things but you can still have fun in your mind to them and you can still bring elements of that uh, fantasy from your mind into your reality. And so to access the kinky meditation, the kinky glossary, and also the PDF journal to have some moments of self-reflection with it all, check out the show notes. Enjoy. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.